Last week in lunch, Riley says to a classmate, can a nigga borrow a french fry? And my first thought wasn't, oh my God, he said the word, uh, the N-word. It was, now how is a nigga gonna borrow a fry? Nigga, is you gonna give it back? It's about the love change. Do it with some soul and a little love change. You can't make a change unless you got the love change. Do it with some soul and a little love change. You can't make a change unless you got some love change. Do it with some soul and a little love change. We started from the bottom, talking about the roots. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Boondocks Podcast. This episode, we're talking about season two, episode 11, the S word. Um, HBO Synopsis, Granddad and the good Rev Rolo Goodlove try to cash in big after a teacher calls Riley the N-word in school. Dun, dun, Ooh. dun. <laughs> <laughs> but how y'all living? <sighs> oh, yeah. I know, MJ is probably melting over there. It's hot. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and I like the heat, but. For some reason, our air conditioner is working like shit, um, no. and it is eighty-eight degrees at seven fifty-five p.m. Oof. So Mm-mm. I'm hot, right? and I'm we're upstairs, so we have upstairs. Oh upstairs. yeah, so so all yeah. the heat rising. Oh, just rise. are you, you Apple phone or you Pixel phone? Android Pixel. phone, I should say. Yeah, it didn't give you the warning. It like text um, us. It may have. Sunday and it was like, yo, it's about to be hot, so you might want to start preparing. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> we oh, just yeah, closed no, the windows. Oh, yeah. It's actually hotter on Thursday now. Yep. Can, can I just say that that would be an alert that I would be okay to get? <laughs> yo, it's gonna be hot. Yep. Y'all so bitches better get hot. water yeah. That's basically what it's saying. Yeah, so 105 tomorrow. Yep. I think that's supposed to be the worst of it. Oh, no. 110 on Thursday. Uh-uh. 108 on Friday. This is a big heat wave. My like, my friends in Vegas are saying that, you know, Vegas is saying this is really hot. And I've been in Vegas when it's 110. So it's hotter than that. I don't know how hot. Texas. It's like 111. Yeah, yeah something like that. Uh, yeah. Like it hit 117 somewhere in uh, in Texas, I think is what I read. Um, and the the <laughs> the governor who recently said <clears throat> just a couple days ago said that the power grid was great. Asked the entire country or the entire country, Texas is a country, the entire state uh, to um, to not turn on their air conditioning until it gets like 78 degrees inside, or was it like 82 oh. if you're not going to be home. but the power grid's great but the power grid's right it's great it's it's totally fixed nothing's wrong with it Uh (laughs) that's crazy see that's that's part of the whole you know Mm -hmm. part of why i believe in solar because that's one of the the, the things there if our power grids go out we're shit we're just in shit guys we're in shit we're just Mm -hmm. we're not up desert we're in shit like seriously um it's a terroristic thing. It's, you know, hey, it's a living thing. It's a, you know, being able to be comfortable in your home. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to look at other alternatives other than just, you know, 
electricity that we use now. And it's and shitty that we have to for something that we need. Yeah. Like, we yeah. need electricity. From the, the, the fact that so many people in government are unwilling to realize that every year is getting hotter, and no matter how much scientists are yelling at them that every year it's getting hotter, they don't do anything to change or prepare or, you know, anything. Like, I'm... I, I'm very happy that we're moving out of this state, but one thing I can give this state is they are doing a hardcore solar panel drive that, like, major discounts on all kinds of things if you put solar panels on your house. Um, Yeah, it is. And, you know, most of, I would say probably at least 50% of the houses that we're looking at in Portland already have solar panels installed, or they have at least a small solar solar panel grid. Mm and like one of one of the reasons why moving to Portland was on my list when we made a short list of the where is the fact that it's so hippy dippy that I know that there's going to be good recycling and composting facilities. I know that you know I'm not going to have to worry about a lot of things that cost a whole lot of fucking money in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. So. It's it's if anybody is looking into buying a home or buying, you know, if you have mm-hmm. any, if you have a home with any type of land on it please, please, please consider getting solar panels or build your own little kind of solar farm, you know? And there are and, companies that do roofs that are also solar panels. So yeah, that's they, a really yeah, good thing You know, I, that's what I did in my past, you know, in my mm-hmm. past life as well. <laughs> um, when I was working for the man in corporate, I, you know, I was all, I love solar. I love being in solar sales because I really believe mm-hmm. like I was having some, you know, small significant footprint in saving, you know, the saving our world. Yeah. Um, you know, so insignificant, but still I was doing my part by helping oh. educate people and get them set with, you know, solar. So, um, I'm, you know, I can't wait till we get land. That is one of the things that we will be doing is definitely getting solar on the roof or building, like I said, using some of the land and building a little solar farm. Awesome. Solar panels. Just, yeah. The whole nine. Yeah. They, so. I, I'd, I'd be really interested Based on, you know, the where we live and where we're moving to, which actually has more rain than Seattle. (laughs) Um, Like, I know that they're doing all kinds of things with with rain barrels and spouts and shit that actually can collect energy. I don't know if that's a commercialized thing yet, but I'm like, I was looking at that the other day going, that would be so good here. (laughs) It would be like the sunshine for California. Get the rain up here in the Pacific Northwest. Although now yeah, we're actually getting the summer. I used to, I had like a couple clients that were in Portland and it was just, you know, if you did, couldn't offset your, you know, your electricity a hundred percent, then maybe 2025. Cause you know, there are mm-hmm. trees and little shading and things like that there. Yeah. Um, but at least you could do some portion of it. So I'm sure that there's been in the past seven years since I've done solar, there's been, I'm sure some advancements in and how areas like that can still utilize solar. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Maybe you could do wind. I wonder. Wind energy. Wind we, I don't know. In Seattle, we only really get like one or two good windstorms a year. I don't know what like the average wind would be for something like that. Like we got yeah, a lot no. of hills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to worry about the increase in cancer and all that. Too, so. <laughs> totally. Totally. And the birds. And the, the birds. birds. That's what I was oh. going to say. <laughs> 
I I love some of the commentary around windmill technology somehow being dangerous. And I'm just like, yeah. So have you ever driven through Texas? Like there are, there are windmills there. Lots and lots and lots of them. Probably more yeah. than anywhere else in the country. Uh, but they just don't talk about it as much as the oil. So. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I, I'm all for it. Anything that, I mean, what was it? Last year or the year before last that we had about 12 years to reverse the damage that mm-hmm. been done. And, and it accelerated this year. They said there was, there, that it was something closer to like eight right now. That's crazy. And yeah. That is crazy. I'm very hopeful that <sighs> something can be done, but I'm not super optimistic about it just because of like even through the it okay <laughs> so all of this is essentially based on uh I was watching a news story right before this right before we recorded and it was Rachel Maddow was talking about Jeff Bezos and the well he was talking about she was talking about Bezos's ex-wife and how she like donated like eight billion, but uh, the money that she had in uh, in that was uh, in her Amazon stock or whatever, like she had doubled her uh, what she actually had, even with donating eight billion dollars. And wow. on the other hand, Bezos is like, I don't know what to do with all this money, so I'm just going to go to space. And yeah. then he did it, or is about to do it. Like he's and he's been saying that for like three years. We fucking watched him go. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna make so much money, and I don't give a shit about anybody, and and then I'm out as soon as the shit starts hitting the fan, and people are realizing that I'm a really terrible person. <laughs> I'm gonna take that money, yeah. and I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want to do with it because it's my money, and it has nothing to do with the fact that the entire country is in pain. That has nothing to do with all the billions that I've made in the last couple of years. And isn't it? Didn't I think I heard from you guys like if he. Or like the top three richest people in the country, like they could basically send everybody in the country, you know, like out of all could, their, you know, all their, their riches that they've amassed, that they could go ahead and send everybody like $5,000 or some shit like that. Bezos could end world hunger by himself. You wow. Know, if, you, if you do a Google search on Lex Luthor, yeah. <laughs> one, one, one of the alternate names for Lex Luthor is Jeff Bezos. Oh my God. <laughs> Just do a Google search and it'll come right up that. Um, although someone did try to change it last night. I'm hoping it got changed back, but I totally screenshotted it. So <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Um, so I know we've been talking for a while and we need to move on to the show, but I just wanted to bring up one, at least one news item. Uh, and that is the, you know, t- uh, today in performative allyship, uh, Juneteenth was officially made a uh, federal holiday. Um, so really? anybody, uh, yep. So, uh, when does this episode come out? Does it come out on Saturday? Yeah. On Monday. Okay. So by the time this episode, <laughs> so it's Juneteenth is the 19th Saturday. Yes. It's the, for this year it's on Saturday, but in the future, starting next year, any federal employee will have an extra federal holiday. So I know Dean's Hallelujah. like cool about that. Look at that. Oh, I thought you got I'm the federal holidays. Oh, okay. Won't he do it? Um, But I call it performative allyship because these are the same people, like, they won't vote for, uh, 
for the John Lewis bill, for, you know, for voter rights, for equal rights, for black people to like, it's, it's a show. It's, we're going to do this because we can't do the thing you really want. So we think this will distract you and make you happy. Yeah. So we're going to pacify you. Yeah. As well as, you know, to distract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'd be like if them all of a sudden were like, hey, here are the $20 bills with um, Harriet Tubman on them. We all of a sudden started. We finally decided to do it for no reason. Pay no attention to the person behind the the curtain, you know? Yep. So it will be a distraction. I mean, I'm very, that it's, it's a great, you know, um, it's a great move forward. Yeah. But like you said, the bigger issue is making sure that there are fair opportunities, you know, for black people to vote. Yeah. And that from the very beginning, this country was not made to include us. And when they, when this country was finally forced to include us, they did everything in their power to continue not including us. Mm-hmm. And to this day, yeah. they continue trying to not include us. So 1, like, while I'm really excited that white people know what Juneteenth is now, even though they didn't a couple of years ago, it still really fucking pisses me off that two years ago, it was the first time in my entire life I got to teach what Juneteenth is to kids. And that's wow. just because we happened to have snow days that year. And it taught, it, you know, we taught into almost into July. Mm. Um, oh, wow. It's three years ago, right? Yeah, three years ago. Because two years ago, it was basically right before COVID. And it was yeah. not that summer. But anyway, um, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where, like, when I heard it, my first thought was, of course you did. Like, not in a, yay, that's really cool. And a yeah. lot of people reacted that way. And I'm not discounting that. I think it's a really cool thing, a really great thing. But it's just, you know, it's, it's like. It's just another way, like I said, they gave us another pacifier. Here yeah. you go. It's you giving know. us Martin Luther King Day uh, 40 years ago, which was the last federal holiday that was added to the calendar. But not giving us voting day, mm-hmm. which would ensure that more people would have a chance to participate in our democracy. Um, it's giving us Juneteenth. But telling us that we can't teach racism as a social construct in schools and we can't teach the actual history, the racist history of the United States. But it's cool because we gave you Juneteenth. Hopefully everybody will become informed um, on what actually Juneteenth means and the importance of it. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a plus, but I'm with you there. I'm with you, girl. It's just another way for them to just, you know, if we were a baby. They'd be, you lost one pacifier. Here's another one. We're yeah. we'll popping into your mouth right now. So. Oh, you've never tried this candy before. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, well, shout out. It is Juneteenth this weekend, as yep. well as my 20th anniversary. Aww. Same day as Juneteenth. Our anniversary is a holiday. Nice. It, it is, is now, now a officially holiday. a federal holiday. It's, it's about time everybody got on the already <laughs> were. Hey, we've been saying this for 20 years. The longest, you know? <laughs> 20 years ago I met this man on the June 1st and on June 19th is when we you know became official you guys I wish you could see what he's doing right now because he's not doing the got together officially move right now he's doing something else uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't I, see Dean either which I'm is probably happy. a good thing I will, say, I will say yes did I give it up first night yes and <laughs> it worked for me 20 years later here I am so yeah dude hell yeah so there is no shame in that. There okay. is no shame. No shame. No shame. So, yes. 
But uh, yeah. So anyway. <sighs> All right. You guys oh, ready? I was going to say, you in words want to move on to the Yaka. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's start this. So the episode starts with Huey talking about what's, or the news story, talking about uh, Riley's teacher, Mr. Petto, which, by the way, that such an unfortunately picked perfect name. <laughs> uh, but this teacher, Mr. Petto, called Riley the N-word. Riley told, uh, told actually, uh, let me, so I wrote down this because uh, the news referred to Riley as a basketball player, an avid reader, and one day he hopes to spread his philosophy through rap music. Which was hilarious. Him with the glasses on. Right. He's so cute. And he's just, he's sad. And he's like, Mr. Petto told me to, told, said, sit down, nigga. But Mr. Petto is like, no, no, no. That's not what happened. So I told him to take his seat. And here comes this barrage of insults. I mean, some of the words I've never even heard before. And I was just stunned. And I said, well, sit down, nigga. I just repeated the insult back to him because that's what I've been trained to do. That is not what he's been trained to do. <laughs> okay, that was the first time I laughed in this. No, yeah, first time I laughed in this episode. <laughs> like, literally, funny. like, a few seconds in. Yeah. Uh, it's, that, that was not what he was trained to do. <laughs> it's so perfect. And that the whole conversation that happens with the, this, the, um, the school, word guy who, school board guy who's like, we use appropriate hyphenated euphemisms like N-word and S-word. <laughs> and of course, you know, she wants to know what the S-word is. And um, he's reluctant. And, and then he's like, spear chucker. And she's like, spear chucker? Uh. Like, okay. And I looked, at, I looked at Dean at one point and I'm like, have you heard that outside of like the 1970s? Black exploitation films or like, you said something. There was somebody. Spear Chucker Jones in the movie MASH. Movie MASH. That's what it was. <sighs> so. <laughs> I, that's more offensive to me than somebody being like, nigga. Like. Right? Yeah. I, that, honestly, that, like if somebody was like, you Spear Chucker, or like, yeah. I, when people tell me to go back to Africa, that to me is, it, is honestly, a little, other than if, if they're saying nigga and they're trying to be like, fit in, whatever. Now, if they put the ER on it, of course, we, you know, we right. got problems. But. Which is the whole point of this show, this episode. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> me, I would have been much more offensive. Like, well, why do you guys even have a euphemism yeah, yeah. for spear for spear chucker? Like, who the fuck is saying that? And why? Like, and how are they saying be- it so many times that you have yeah. to like create a rule around it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, I had the exact same feelings. The exact same feelings. Um, and I, I, <laughs> yeah. That's not one that I, I literally have heard outside of, well, I guess I have seen the MASH movie, but like immediately all I could think of was like black exploitation films and like, you know, maybe I actually, I think probably the difference, MJ, in, in that what I usually get when people are looking at me is what are you? Like they don't look at me and immediately think black person. Yeah. Or African yeah, nobody person. will call you on traffic. Nobody will look at you and be like, oh, you spear chucker, like, right away. Right, like, right, yeah. right. That oh, probably would not be there. Like, yeah. usually, I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten the N-word a few times, but usually I get a lot of confused looks, or I will directly have somebody challenge, what are you? Um, so, I guess, 
you know, back to Africa would be yours, whereas mine would be um, that I somehow am nothing because I'm multiple things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. So Granddad gets interviewed and he tries to relate it to the civil rights movement. Mr. Petto uh, says that the GGA version of the word is the one that he was using because that's the friendly u- the version no. of the word. Unlike the GGA. Right, right, buddy, your pal. Unlike the GGER, which is the actual slur. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was very like, somebody explain it to me. I thought that I understood. And like that, that part right there was just, it blew me away a little bit because I'm like, that is 15 years ago. <laughs> like this, this whole episode, I feel is, happens on, some kind of news network every, I would say, two or three years will have a whole, like, a whole blow up like this. Um, like, right now, there's one guy who wrote, who happened to know Tucker Carlson's email, like, actual personal email, and he got mad because the school board president uh, wrote that basically against white supremacy after George Floyd died. And because of that, he basically like emailed his friend Tucker Carlson, who then got him on the show to talk about how, uh, you know, that school district is somehow embracing this radical wokeness and erasing whiteness and changing history and blah, 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 blah. It's literally one guy in this district. And because he happens to know this one douchebag who's willing to push every fucking lie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of that same... Yeah. <laughs> well, what is so un- infuriating is that you guys are getting mad over your history being changed, but your history doesn't make you look good. Right. Like, like even the, like, even the lie you, doesn't look good. Yeah. So why are you so damn adamant about keeping, you know, keeping statues of people who were like blatant assholes and like who were, you know, robbing and raping and, and, you know, enslaving people. We want to keep that as part of our history. It's not a good part of our history. Like right. it's never going to change that it happened, but we don't have to recognize it and teach it as part of our history and then try to make everybody in this country feel like they're equal. Come on now. Like, well, and I don't know about you, but the thing that keeps coming back to me in my mind is every time I hear somebody saying, you know, we're, teachers are trying to make white kids feel bad about being white. And I'm like, how do you think every single black child in America feels when they hear about the Civil War and they find out how black people came to America and even the watered down version is not fucking good. Yeah. So we grow up with that knowledge that that our ancestors, our direct descendants four generations ago for me personally, were slaves to somebody. And I'm sorry that you you think that I'm by telling the truth, it might make your white kid feel bad about being white. Well, guess fucking what? Your white kid needs to understand that they are not the only person that's important. Right. And you know what reminds me of thinking about that? I don't know if you guys remember the episode of Saved by the Bill when they were doing their ancestry and Jesse found out that her family owned slaves. So she was oh. hella doing hella much to Lisa. Mm-hmm. Like she was like, she tried sorry, to do personal. <laughs> yeah, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? And Lisa's like, oh my God, stop it. But is that what you're afraid of? Is that you're afraid that some of these white kids are going to go, holy shit, I feel bad. 
and then try to make it up to, you know, the black girl in the class. Like, that's the worst that could freaking happen, honestly, yeah. other than, you know what I'm saying? Other than them coming home and being like, our lineage is a bunch of shit. And, you know, and now I care more about other people. Like, that's the worst that can happen, guys. Yeah. And you're so worried about it. You know, um, it's this amazing thing called to, empathy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You know. Oh, uh, yeah. So back to. <laughs> So what um, I find interesting is this um, story is is um, real, correct? Or what happened in this episode happened? Um, Go for like it. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to show me. I'm not wearing my glasses. So yeah, the episode <laughs> is based on a real event that happened in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, high school in 2006. Uh, the news report that opens the episode is nearly word for word of a <laughs> WHAS wow. news story covering the event. Wow! Except it was a freshman kid instead of an eight-year-old. That's crazy. 2006. Wow. All right. All right. So uh, behind the scenes, we see that Granddad and Riley are celebrating because they think they're going to get rich off of this incident. And Huey is just so completely disappointed with both of them. What's wrong with you, boy? Uh-oh. Here comes Huey McHater again. <laughs> Be happy. Your brother was called a nigga by a white man. Not just any white man. A district employee. <laughs> Lotto. <laughs> okay. Are you guys surprised at how Grandpa just like instantly jumped in on like I be- like he never said I believed you, but when you know just rolled with the punches when he knows his grandson, he knows that yeah. Riley says every other word. He knows but- that Riley you know talks back. He knows that he's a little rambunctious, but you never heard that or you know he you know what I'm saying like he just but automatically that word from in. a white person. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what Grand like I totally believed every second of that like granddad would hear this kid and be like he said what okay yeah no that's the word that's the trigger word we can do something with that word (laughs) whether or not like whatever he did before doesn't matter but what I actually wanted to um what made me laugh as a you know school district employee uh (laughs) just the whole premise that the uh school district somehow like hoards money um, because that's got to be the reason why, you know, like teachers don't get a lot of money. So it's got to be the, the big wigs or whatever. And while I do not think that it's very fair that um, the superintendent of our schools makes as much money as they do, but the superintendent of our schools, which is one of the biggest ones in the country, uh, only makes three times what the highest paid teacher does. And so, like, I look at that like, okay, that's actually pretty fucking reasonable. And, you know, I know how little money is going to like special ed because right now I can tell you almost every school in our district has lost teachers this year or is going to lose them for next year. But like other schools are hiring. It's a weird shuffle year that's happening. But it's because our our budget, we have no money because the money that comes into the district is based on the number of kids that are enrolled in the district and the pandemic screwed all that up and blah, blah, blah. But it's like granddad's assumption that because this is a white uh, business, <laughs> essentially, so they oh, got to yeah. be rich, right? Yeah. yeah. And that just, that just made me laugh so hard. Like, I barely make enough money to live in this city. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's just... And also that's something other, that happens like, I, in the classroom. What? It's just like kind of the idea of like when the pandemic first started, how hubby would get teachers that are like, it's because of you that the kids aren't going to school. Mm-hmm. Since when do teachers yep. have the right to be like, we don't want to work? 
And we're not going to because of a pandemic. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, come on. Teachers are the last ones that were like, shut the shit down. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's so funny that people have this idea of um, education. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if, if it was like that, and if, you know, school district was so rich and people were so rich, then don't you think the education would be better? Right. You know, across the board? I'm just saying, you know, like. I mean, I can't speak for a lot of teachers, but I'm leaving being a teacher because of the shit that I've been through this year. Not all of it was just this year. I mean, I'd been kind of thinking about changing my focus before this year happened, but the the amount of vitriol that I saw being flung at teachers as we literally redid the entire education system to make sure that these kids got some education when Mm -hmm. we couldn't see them. Mm -hmm. And then people turn around and completely just forget all of that work because they're a little inconvenienced once things aren't as scary as they were before, you know? And because it it shows their true colors. It shows you guys what you have been failing in as parents because you didn't know how to help your kids out or you didn't know that your kids weren't logging on to school or you didn't know how to do the math or whatever it was. Like, that's really what it all all came from, you know? Um, Once again, we're off topic. Yeah. Well, always. I mean, that's what we do. Dean, every time we're, we're only like five minutes into this episode, <laughs> Dean just looked at me like, "Holy shit, what?" <laughs> yeah, I did want to say about Granddad's behavior, though. Like, I don't think he condones Riley acting the monkey in no. class. No, 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 um, no. I think he's more like, which I would be the same. Now, listen, I don't care if my kid walked in the classroom and peed all over the teacher's desk and said, nigga, 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 you better not in your motherfucking life ever call my child a fucking nigger right? in front of other people in a classroom. I don't care if it's with the UH, the A or anything like you're going to catch these, not these hands, these lawyers. Yeah. Because I would kind of be right? in the same mind state. Yeah. I'll, I'll take care of my kid and put them on punishment and all that shit for their stuff. But mm-mm. We're fighting. This is not, not okay. I would agree with you, you on that one. When she does chime in, she just dropping the fire. She just right, like, right. I kept waiting was, for it during our conversation. It's like Lindsay's <laughs> just building it up. She's, no, guys, <laughs> I will never do that. That's like, like even if we're off topic, I'm just gonna let you guys talk it out. You know, I'm not. I don't. I'm not into like. I was talking about this about getting off topic again. That frenemies podcast. I do not like talking over people or cutting them off. Say your piece. And then we got plenty of time to talk about Granddad and Riley. Right. So. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely agree. It was just, I, I, no matter what my child does, if it was a situation like this, I guess I would probably see myself, you know, probably going a little bit along the lines of Granddad. But I just thought it was very funny that he never said anything. He never said like, look, Lunaka, I know you probably said it. And I know you're probably guilty, <laughs> but this is what we're going to do. He never, you know, he just went along with it, you know? Um, but then you saw how he got taken advantage of. Yes. You know, he was a part. Right. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Granddad says that uh, it's about time that they get to fight back against everybody that would use that the N-word against them. Uh, because they've been he's been called that for free for so long. Uh, tries to call Tom and, and say, come on over. We're going to sue the white people. Uh, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Um, then Granddad tells the story of uh, Terrence Kins- Kinsley, a Walmart employee who was called the N-word by a supervisor and won a lawsuit over it, which, as far as Dean cannot, can tell, is not based on any true story. But I do have to say, and I love that Huey after that, it's, that's not even true, is it? Um, but the fact that it was Walmart is why it really stuck out to me. 
because granddad's thinking he's going to get this payday from the district that really doesn't have any fucking money. Talking about Walmart, which Walmart is owned by probably one of the richest families in the entire world. So, girl. you know, you, girl, for real, you know, right? Like, like they're like Koch brothers money. They're like, you know, influence politics at the highest level money. And so any using child born into that family doesn't have to work. <laughs> Right. Like from today, whoever was born into the Walmart family today does not have to work yep. for the rest of the life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the story which makes him think that he can get money out of the district, mm-hmm. you know, because someone got money out of the Walmart. <laughs> which, like, I figure, like, if you sued that family, I bet they would just give you money to make you shut up. Like, I don't see them Probably. wasting money in court. Like, they would just be like, go the fuck away. Here you go. Right, that's and probably not true, but and a drop. I think it's true. Other. You think so? I, I bet you it happens more than often. You get as someone who knows. Sadly, you <laughs> yeah. get like set, when you settle for the most part, the business is like gag order. You can't talk about yeah. this. They totally would. I mean, as shitty as Walmart's are, like there has to be at least four or five cases brought up a week. Like as shit, mm-hmm. I'm there day. As shitty as Walmart's are, there's something. And they probably do. Just go ahead, pay them. You know, it's it's a drop in the bucket to them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Petto is being questioned by the superintendent. Uh, Tom and the other lawyers are sitting there, and uh, he's trying to defend himself. He says it every morning. He calls me nigga. He calls the other kids nigga. He calls himself nigga all the time. Nigga this, nigga that. Nigga, please. Bitch nigga. Nigga, have you lost your mind? Nigga, check that hoe. Nigga, you bullshitting. Break yourself, nigga. He says it so much, I don't even notice it anymore. Last week in lunch, Riley says to a classmate, can a nigga borrow a french fry? And my first thought wasn't, oh my God, he said the word, uh, the N word. It was, now, how is a nigga going to borrow a fry? Nigga, is you going to give it back? I'm telling you, my inside voice didn't talk like that before he got in my class. <laughs> I love that you picked that entire thing, because that's just so great. And, and, and by the way, you can find the YouTube clip of Fred Willard <laughs> doing that whole thing. Okay. In front okay. of a camera. Real quick, real quick. Can we just commend them for getting the whitest white guy to say the N-word so many fucking times on this yes. show? And it's like, right. he's yeah, like yeah. a mighty wind white guy. Like that's, I can't think of him as anything other than like that kind of a character. And, oh, Jesus. And he was, he was in his early 70s at the time he recorded this. <laughs> and, yes. he just, he and by awesome. the way, rest in peace to Fred Willie. He passed yes. away last year. Yes. So. Yeah, rest in peace, RIP. That's what I was saying. He and we've known him. Yeah, I was like, baby, you totally know who he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, yeah, he did a lot on Jimmy Kimmel in this last year during like COVID and stuff. He did a lot. Nice. Uh, but I, I mean, he was on Roseanne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he I played pop- uh, one of the gay uh, restaurant owners before she bought the restaurant, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, look yeah. at me with a brain that remembers stupid shit from <laughs> the nineties. <laughs> we doesn't just ruin it. <laughs> Remember what you want to do. What you Oof. want to remember. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Petto is confused. So he's really confused why it's not offensive when they say it, when black people say it to each other. Um, and he complains that he doesn't just say the word, but he refers to everybody there as the N-word. Um, why? Why? It, okay. As not being someone who grew up in black culture, 
I've actually wondered this myself. Um, I I get really uncomfortable around the word. I mean, I have crash course in like saying the word and hearing the word by this show. But like, it's always been a really hard word for me. It it makes me like, you know, every time I'll like flinch up or whatever. Um, so why why don't why don't black people get offended when other black people call them that in like a friendly way? How did it turn into, you know, your buddy? I mean, some black people do get offended. You know, like some black people are not with it. They mm-hmm. do not like the use of the N-word. I drop it like crazy. And the only people I will not drop it around is if one of you said specifically to me, girl, which I know you both don't care for it, don't call me that. I would never call you that. Or even if I just picked that vibe up from you. Mm-hmm. But other than that, my aunties, uncles, and my mom are the only ones who will not be called nigga what? Nigga what you say? Yeah. Because it is my culture. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a hard thing, like, it's fair. I was ranting about this on Twitter one day because some guy was like, no one should ever use the N-word. He was a mi- white man, very nice guy, uh, who I just tweet with <laughs> sometimes. And I was like, with all due respect, you know, as people who grew up in the hood, you are living a typically, not always, because many people are hood rich, hey, gang gang, um, <laughs> but you are t- typically living a hard kind of life. So we we embrace it because it is a reminder of how far we've come and how we've gone fucking nowhere. You are still a nigga in the eyes of society. That's why you're living here in the fucking ghetto, most likely, not necessarily. So we take this term and we've turned it, as Granddad said in the episode, it becomes a term of endearment because we're in the struggle together. We're, we are two niggas together, just shooting the shit, fist bumping, whatever, doing what we got to do, hustling, working, you know, raising kids. But we're still here together as niggas being niggas. Um, so what I don't get with us being in this culture is like why people feel the need yeah. to comment on it. It is our, it is a culture you know, it's and it's hood culture. Like, I wouldn't even say it's just black culture, although a lot of us black people do use it. And like, again, though, a lot of don't, a lot don't. They don't, want to hear it. They don't, don't call me that. Don't associate me with that. Hood culture. Um, mm-hmm. Right on the nail, right. right on the head. Right there, Lindsay. You said that right there. Boom. Boom. And I, have, I like, see bomb sounds. We should drop the bomb. And hood that culture is, is, there's no color assigned to that. Like, you don't have nope. to be black to live in the hood. And, and to, to be, be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Now, exactly. I was just about to say, there mm-hmm. may be some niggas who have issue with me saying this, but there's going to be a lot who don't. There are some white people I grew up with, Asian people I grew up with, yes. um, Puerto yep. Rican people, yeah, yeah. you know, Mexicans, mm-hmm. whoever, yep. Yep. freely use this word. And some of them, it rolls off their tongue like water. Yep. I don't give a, f- you know, it feels natural as, you know. Uh, an article in speech for them to say it doesn't bother me, doesn't phase me. But then there are some people who use it and you kind of like instantly give them a little side eye. Yep. It's a lot like comedy. To If you listen to the bonus episode, that conversation we were having about comedy and jokes and, you know, like some people can say the most offensive joke and that shit is funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Other people can say the same joke and it, they're fucking canceled. Get the fuck out. How dare you? Yeah. And the N word is the same. Yeah. Like some that. people can say it regardless of their, of their, um, race. Other people, mm, I and I still, I still may not call you out, but I definitely give the side eye. Like well, I know, I know this nigga did not just call me a nigga. Right? You know, like <laughs> he, he came down like that. Like yeah. what? Where is this coming from? Yeah. Um. But again, and I think that is a um 
I don't think dichotomy is the word. This is something they're playing with in this episode is like granddad and Riley trying to be on the come up and Mm -hmm. quote unquote playing the race card because somebody used the N word. So they're like the extreme of it. And then the teacher is also extremely in the wrong in the school district and stuff. So they're kind of like playing up both sides of the situation. Like if I were in that situation now, because let's be real again, you guys have, we all have adult jobs and live in the adult world. There are many times, one day I was sitting at work, the old job I quit, and my old, like the first director I had there and one of my coworkers were sitting there talking about how Oakland is the new Atlanta. And I am sitting there working and just like, what the fuck kind of shit are you guys talking about? It, because there's black people there. What are you, are you talking about? Um, gentrification in some kind of twisted way because I I get the relationship of black people live in this place but Oakland is very gentrified and Atlanta is more of a lot of black people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. moving there and rising up in status so what the fuck are you talking about Oakland is the new Atlanta this is some kind of um, microaggressive racist shit you guys are talking about whether you realize it or not is it the n-word in a nice friendly way No, but it's some racist shit. And I just turned my music on and said, man, but when you're around a lot of racism, as most black people are, you you start to just pick your battles. And I think that is something to kind of get into in this episode as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not going to call, you know, everyone out who's who uses the N word who shouldn't. And again, like we talked about last episode, there are times when I will very nicely say to a person that's kind of fucked up. Well, don't say that, you know, pick your battles and have the conversation. It's not, I'm not going to escalate it just to a lawsuit every fucking time. Um, What I did find interesting about Mr. Pito though, is he had the wherewithal to say that my first reaction wasn't, oh my God, he said the N word. To me, that indicates, and this is the lawyer in me coming out though, I'm not any fucking lawyer. Oh, so (laughs) you knew it was wrong to use it. So why the fuck were you using it? And back at this little kid. But sorry, that was a roundabout way to answer your question. It's cultural. <laughs> it's what we do. Um, we embrace it. It represents we've come far and we've gone nowhere. We're still viewed in society as N-I-G-G-E-R's. So, hey, mm-hmm. among each other, we acknowledge it. We acknowledge the struggle we're in. We respect each other. We use it as a term of endearment. We use it as a term of, like, um, that nigga crazy. Or nigga, are you out your mind? Yeah. Like, it, it can have many, 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 many meanings. But yeah. it is ours. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes the one thing that we try to own. We try to own mm-hmm. that. We try to own hip-hop. You, they take everything else away from us, so you have to try to own something and say, no, you can't have that. This is ours. So we want to own something. Hell yeah. I'm nodding so hard. Was that in- very true? Was that in the last episode where Ruckus was like, the white man's or the yeah the black man took this and that and this and that from, from the white yeah. man yeah <laughs> crystal white, white women, women. <laughs> so it's like the opposite of that but uh yeah no i see that's interesting um because like i remember growing up as a little queer kid and you know the the queer slurs that would come out and when um gay men started really uh, aggressively taking back uh, some of the slurs that were um, aimed at them. Um, like, even me calling myself queer now is not something that would have happened when I was a kid because that was a slur. Like, so the way that language evolves is really fascinating to me. I just, it's hard for me personally to, because I, I don't have much exposure to hood life, I guess, 
uh, or people who have experienced hood life. Um, it's, it sounds, I sound so white when I say that, though. No, you don't. <laughs> Not at all, for real. So, That's what I would say. There's a lot of black people just like you yeah. who even grew up in the hood and they don't want to fucking hear it. Don't you dare. I, well, and I think part of it for me, too, is that the kids that I work with, they don't use it in a nice way. They don't use it in my buddy, my friend. They they will use hard R, and I have to draw a hard line with them. Yeah. So that hard line is just kind of hardwired into me for a lot of reasons, I guess. So, all right. I Yeah, I get it. I kind of think of it, though, similar to, like, even curse words, mm-hmm. you know, like, we, a lot of people curse, especially when you're comfortable with people, like kind of dropping F-bombs, yeah. like in the office or corporate, it's kind of like, okay, cool. Like I'm in a safe, comfortable space. Um, I can do this. So the N-word to me kind of, that's no different. Now, again, only certain people should be using it. But if I'm comfortable with you, you my nigga, you know? Right. That's, like, that's will, code you, will you say that to me, Lindsay? Uh, I I would not like I don't really typically say that to anyone unless it's like no I'm asking you to say it to me. But, but I would I would call you I do that like my husband I've told y'all I think on this podcast if not this one it was trash talking sometimes because it is me and it's in me I will on the sly call my husband a nigga he does not like it <laughs> which I understand I understand kind of because he can I we have had that conversation on you cannot say it He's like, but why can you call me it? Because I can. Those right? are the rules. <laughs> and I'm not about to raise no black kids with you and have you thinking you can run around this house saying that shit. He can, but you cannot. So then Riley is questioned by the same group, uh, the lawyer and all of that fun stuff. Um, he says that he has never said that word and the teacher only hate, like, hated him from day one. Uh, just saw him as that from the beginning. Um, so then Tom is at the Freeman's house trying to dissuade Robert from the lawsuit, basically, uh, saying that the teacher wasn't trying to be malicious, that he already apologized. He's just dumb, but Robert doesn't want to hear it. And he's going to call a press conference, uh, and then asks, you know, what number he dials for a press conference. Um, then we hear from Ruckus on his thoughts on why the N word should be used, uh, and let's see that the uh, that they've gotten used to it, and uh, he recommends other slurs. I thought thought we were going to do a clip for that one, but that's okay. Um, but basically, just saying that there's so many more words out there than just the N word. Even though the N word is so easy to say and just rolls off your tongue, that uh, you should uh, you know it should you should vary your your uh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, change them up like you're like you're rotating. Rotation, ro- yeah. Them, put them on a rotation. Put them on a rotation. Yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm not wearing my glasses. So I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that that last bit that he says that it is it's funny and it's also um the the reason why I wanted to do it uh was there was a particular word in there that <laughs> it's so okay family story <clears throat> so my mom's white. Uh, from Canada, um, mostly like German, French background all the way through. Um, years ago when my grandmother, I think we were there because she was, uh, she'd had a stroke and she was dying and it was like a a Alaska by thing. And, uh, while we were there, we visited other family, including my, 
my great grandmother's sister who was still alive at the time. Uh, and, uh, wait, is that right? Yeah. And <laughs> anyway, she was showing pictures of basically of my childhood because there were all these family pictures of, of the different generations of women. And she pointed to, to me in my pretty pink dress and said, isn't that the cutest little jigaboo you've ever seen? <laughs> and I, I looked at my mother and she was like, if, if she could have gotten more white, she, she had like all of the color drained out her face and she just mouthed, yeah. please don't say anything. <laughs> but I was just like, I had not heard that word used as a slur in a long time, but that's how I knew it. And for her, it was a term of endearment from her childhood whenever there was a mixed race kid running around. What? Yes! That was literally the term, apparently, in rural Canada <laughs> back in, like, the, you know, I don't fucking know how long ago this would have been. I'm guessing, like, 1920s, 30s. And, yeah, she, she thought that that was completely okay. And this was, like, probably 2005, 2006. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, so I just... I wanted to bring up that story because it's so interesting to me. Again, going back to how language evolves, how, you know, three generations ago, they thought that word was completely okay. Like mulatto or um, octamaroon or octoroon, that's what it was. Uh, or like all of the words they had for, for mixed babies back then was anything but calling them you know, a black baby, basically. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so a little fact for people out there. Um, all right. So then we are at the press conference at, in front of the Freeman's home. Tom is giving a speech that's very reasonable and saying, you know, we don't want to have a trial in the media. And Robert thinks that it was completely sucky. And so he gets up there to speak his mind. But that's right when the Reverend Rollo Goodlove shows up and takes over the press conference. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he said that they should be paid, apologized to, and the teacher should be terminated. Uh, Ruckus has more thoughts on how, about how if we didn't have the N-word, that America wouldn't exist. That's a fun part. <laughs> then <clears throat> Huey's trying to warn Granddad against listening to Goodlove. Uh, because it's pretty obvious that Goodlove's just looking for more publicity. Uh, he says that he thinks that they can get a half a million out of the school district, which Tom is completely incredulous, where, like, when he said that, I did the same thing. I was like, that's, that's you know, two years of, a, of the superintendent of the entire public school's uh, salary, and uh, I doubt that any school district, unless you were sued for, like, I don't know, a restraint violation that ended up in a kid dead, you're not going to see that kind of money. And that fucking sucks that I even said it like that, but that, that's reality. Those are the lawsuits that are going to get money for the family. Not just, you know, getting called an N-word by your teacher. Um, let's see. So uh, Good Love has a new sitcom coming out on BET, which he tries to talk about all the time. Oh yeah. Uh, Tom basically gets fired by Robert and he walks out sad and, I love the throwaway line of Riley, like, he gonna cry when he get home. Like, mm -hmm. I would have totally said that to <laughs> him. He's gonna go home and he gonna cry. Very much so. <laughs> uh, Rolo says the next move is to go to the superintendent. Um, so at the superintendent's office, Goodlove gives them a list of their demands, which includes 
a nice settlement for the family and a donation to the good Reverend, Reverend Goodloves, whatever charity that he was. Uh, but the, he just laughs at the piece of paper and goes in the other room and it's like, hey, look at this. And, you know, look at what this, this N-word tried to, to get us to do. And so Goodlove just kind of sneaks out and is like, okay, uh, yeah, you think about that. Um, but goes on t- outside and says that they're going to think about it and give him a call. Um, so then they just, uh, good love says we're going to move on to step two, which is going on those news programs. Uh, so then Huey is being interviewed and he has a problem with speech. The problem with restraining speech is who gets to set the rules. If it's only okay in a certain time or place, who gets to say what time and what place? Bill Cosby? And then Bill Cosby, of course, in this episode, tells us that, yeah, he is the one that sets up the rules, which looking back is kind of creepy and kind of true. So watching the Larry King episode, replaying from home, Good Love starts talking about how well they're doing. Uh, Robert is frustrated because he hasn't gotten a chance to talk at all. Um, And then on another news program, Ann Coulter is being interviewed about the situation she defends the teachers and applauds him for not backing down to thugs like that, although the teacher has apologized at this point and is basically saying, teach me. Uh, Riley is hyped that he's being seen as a thug, which, of course, you know, everybody else is like, but that's a complete, that's complete bullshit and a stereotype. Um, Ruckus calls Robert to give him grief about, <laughs> about how Ann Coulter bested him. Ruckus always gets, like, the, the worst the best, but like Beautiful. the worst. Right? Oh, man. Um, right? Right? There was, I, I wasn't going to say there was a trans joke, but there was a trans joke. And, <laughs> and that's so completely ruckus. It's so perfectly a ruckus joke. Um, like, I would have gone that she looks like a horse route because that's my opinion, but hmm? the Crypt Keeper. Now more Crypt Keeper. 15 years ago, she still was probably considered. Pretty or something. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So Good Love tells Robert that it's all part of the plan. Uh, The next day, they're on a news program with Ann Coulter joining remotely. Uh, Ann and Rollo are introduced uh, as if they've never met before and their books are talked about. And Robert tries to say that he's also writing a book, which honestly, like, he did exactly what so many people do when they go on talk shows, just take a cover and put it over an existing book and say, like, I'm writing a book, you know, here it is now, but it's not available yet kind of thing. Like, that happens all the fucking time. You never come up with the part of the book until the book is done. Right. And read. Like, so, yeah, so you you know that they are making their own if they're still writing it or if it's in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we have a montage of uh, Rollo and Anne arguing with each other on different news programs. Uh, then we're in the green room of yet another news program, and Robert is just exasperated. He it, He's wondering why they haven't heard anything yet and why the district isn't saying anything. Um, right at that moment, Ann Coulter walks in, yelling at her boyfriend, Abdul, a black man. She sees Rollo and gives him a, hu- a huge hug and tells the Freemans how happy she is to have been working with them. Uh, she goes to take a call, and the Freemans are surprised that they've been working together with her, apparently. Uh, Good Love explains that Coulter's attitude is just an act to get that redneck money. Now. I mean, not only she's a black dude, but like a Muslim-looking black dude. A Muslim-looking black dude treating him like shit. 
and just like verbally abusive and just yeah. Um, I do. I I have to say though the fact that now I I know nothing about Ann Coulter out of the the spotlight. I have no idea what she is like and if this is true or not that she lies to to get the redneck money. But we know that that is something that very much happens, especially now. Like, we were just talking the other day about Candace Owens, and, like, that's exactly what she does. She goes for where the money, where she can make money and where she can be controversial uh, because that makes money. Um, That would be hilarious if this were true, though. Right? I I would love to see pictures of her with her black boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. I heard, like, some crab cakes. I'm good as a motherfucker. Like, I... (laughs) I mean, bucks with these crab cakes. (laughs) (laughs) Like I would love it. Like I just want somebody to come out with some video where Aaron Coulter is like eating a pork rib, like dancing electric slide, yelling at her black dude. Like, love it. Not even yelling at her black dude. Like let let let's see her like a a beauty shop getting like her hair done. Mm. Yeah. Then I'm talking all the black women. That would be the greatest thing ever. The greatest. Uh. So, um, breaking news story comes on, uh, and we find out that the school board has made their final decision. Uh, Mr. Petto has was suspended for ten days without pay in order to take sensitivity training, which is pretty realistic of what would happen in a situation like this. The teacher would probably have unpaid unpaid leave while it was investigated, and then they would get like a slap on the wrist. Maybe they'll be switched. Just a drippy and nice with the unpaid. Well, you know, probably be paid. It it's more than likely paid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Riley and Robert are pissed. Uh, Goodlove tells them to calm down because he can get some protesters, which he can pay them with lunch, bowls, and get them out on the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, Huey's very disappointed that Granddad would even consider a fake protest. So Granddad listens to him, listens to those reasons, and decides that yeah, they should just go ahead and leave and just. Throw it all in. Rolo makes the call anyway, saying, more money for me. Uh, then back at home. Let's see, where am I? Back at home, the Freemans are watching TV. And another breaking news story comes in. Apparently, Goodless protest conflicted with a uh, permitted pro- uh, <laughs> congregation of the Sisters of the Second Amendment, led by Mrs. Von Hausen, which we met in the uh, Neighborhood Watch episode. Um, they ended up. I'm, I don't know if they implied that those women were shooting at the black men or like just shooting in, like they never showed them shooting directly at them necessarily, but they were definitely shooting in order to scare off the, the, um, the unwanted protest happening. Um, and you know, her interview was, was laced constantly with the N word, um, which good love is probably completely excited about. And, and he said they would, they would all pay. Uh, Robert realizes that those old bras probably have a lot of money, and Rollo would definitely get rich this time, and he yells it at Huey for convincing him to stop fighting. And so, now we come to the epilogue, which we have broken down into the three clips so that we can discuss each of them. Uh, so we find out that Mr. Petto has learned his lesson, Uncle Ruckus, and uh, Bill Cosby all have their thoughts on the matter, too. 
Well, one thing's for sure. I've learned my lesson. I'm never, ever going to say any form of nigger. I'm cured of that. No nigga, no nyaka, uh, with the Y-U sound. Not even the abbreviated my nig. None. No more nigger. Nah. -uh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and again, this is this is what we were talking about earlier with the Fred Willard like YouTube videos. Like I I actively wondered how how long it took for him to be able to record all of that because I mean he's not he was not a stupid man. He was a very very smart, talented actor, very respectable actor, and knew very well that this was. Both comedy gold and very controversial when he did it. Uh, and I just, I, I wish that, like, he could have been interviewed about that. <laughs> I don't know. That would have been awesome. So, Linz, you wanted to, uh, anything you wanted to say about that? Oh, yeah. I just, even for, like, all three of us, just to kind of get on, I know you just kind of went and gave us your opinion. I just think, like, okay, good. He's learned his lesson. Um, <laughs> not really, obviously. but um. Yeah, just kind of like, to be honest, how they said like, oh, he's suspended for 10, 10 days or whatever. On some real shit, that probably is the, I don't want to say appropriate course of action. But like you do, we don't run the show. We know we're never really going to get like fair treatment in these situations, mm -hmm. to be real. But you have to have some consequences for this kind of bullshit so that people do know, hey, this shit's not okay. And like, hey, you know, you're going to be made an example of or it's not going to just go by and fly. Like I know nowadays you probably could lose your job or tenure or some bullshit over things like that. Mm. But um, yeah, there should be consequences. And hopefully y'all learn to keep your racism private. And that's why I'm pushing for a constitutional amendment that will protect the white man's right to say any incarnation of the word nigga at any time, spell any way, whether it be N-I-G-G-U-H, G-G-A, G-G-A-H, or a silent P at the beginning of it, without fear of persecution or litigation. Uh, man, I feel like there are so many states that are, like, one or two steps away from introducing a bill like this, like right now with all of the voter suppression and shit that's going on. Like it, it cracked me up though, because is a bill even necessary? <laughs> Isn't that already the way it fucking is? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, even that to go back to it, cause I kind of missed what I wanted to say about it when he was like, who gets to decide mm. who can say what, like that's the problem with censorship. Y'all, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Just be ready for those consequences. Yep. Because, like, I don't know if y'all remember that video that went viral, I think, last year in the New York subway where that dude called that guy a uh, nigga with a hard ER, and that man laid him the fuck <laughs> yes. out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't know who you're going to catch. So get out here. Say what you want to say, you know? And they already are doing this shit and just saying whatever they want to say. So, Uncle Ruckus, yeah. please. I don't think black people should ever use racist words when describing other black people. And if you do, then you're a sample and a coon. <laughs> you shouldn't use racist words, but if you do, I'm going to use racist words against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's what I started to say earlier about, like, people, like, I don't get it. Like, listen, if I understand if as a black person or any person, you say to me, don't call me a nigga. Oh, heard. I'm not going to do that mm -hmm. shit. Well, it 
if me and my sisters are, are in a circle doing a nigga dance, uh, like call it nigga, 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 saying that to each other, that's none of your fucking business. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like, why does it bother you so much? Mind your business. That's it. And then to kind of take this, you know, sort of, like I said, it it goes to this thing of, like I said, growing up. And even I don't care. Like, people can try and pretend to be progressive. This was some shit I arrived at all on my own just as an adult. And a lot of Black people, I bet you, even the ones who are cool with using the N-word, a lot of them would disagree with me. It has taken me a long time to say. And people, other Black people tell me, stop saying that because it's not true. How I call myself a hood girl. Like, you're not a hood girl. I'm from the fucking hood. So I'm a hood girl. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. And they still try and like, be like, oh my God, but you know, don't associate yourself (laughs) with that kind of stuff. And you, you have to grow past that. And like, you have to act like you're above that. You're educated. I can be educated and kind and classy and help people and still be hood as fuck. Those things are not contradictory. And that is the truth. And I'll, I know people who are very wealthy and they are despicable in the yep. things that they say and the things that they do. Get the fuck out of here. I am from the hood. It is who I am. It is a part of me. And you're not going to get out here. I don't care who the fuck you are and shame me about the terms we use with each other, where I grew up, how I grew up, the clothes I wear. Not a god, good goddamn thing. So you can go ahead and say, again, say whatever you want about me or to me or of me. I don't give a fuck. Still out here making money. Still out here being educated. And still out here doing the fucking thing. Fuck off, nigga. Yes! Nice usage there. <laughs> Absolutely perfect timing. Uh, Absolutely. Mic drop. I, that, yeah. I concur. Yeah, I concur. And ditto and everything else. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the end of the episode right there. Basically, the entire hilarious episode is just a whole conversation on that word and who gets to use it and and uh, who shouldn't use it and and all of the bullshit that goes on because some people who can't use it some for some reason want to use it. And then there are the people that say that not that no one should be able to use it. And like, that's that's what this episode is about is just that word, essentially. Yeah. And uh, Mm. yeah. And I love it that they waited till the second season, almost at the end to address what, you know, the language that Riley's been having this whole time. Yeah. To the entire show. Like, they, you know, I think that once again, the writers, creators, Aaron Magruder, all geniuses, just like. Maybe they're aliens. I don't know. They are just above and beyond, you know, know, their time. Yeah. And I think the thing I like about the end of it is there is no decision. Right. I mean, I mean, there is no. Other than the teacher getting a (laughs) punishment, which was pretty expected. Yeah. Um, And I think that I think the resolution. And I think the punishment that he got is the same that that teacher actually got. I'm a firm believer that there should be a TV show called Cancel Court. <laughs> I I am dead serious. I added You should Andy be Cohen, the like, judge. Oh no, no, no. I say get like um I couldn't do it because I'm a nobody, but like get someone like TS um t- well I almost said TS Elliot. Chrissy Teigen. T.S. Madison. <laughs> oh, she, well there you go. There's your first guest. Yeah. And you can like get somebody else to be your um like lawyer or whatever. And y'all argue it out. Get them to represent you, say your points and then yeah. you know 
start the conversation in society for real. Like, well, and let's read, let's read your apology on air. Okay. Yeah. Here's where you went wrong. I say Kevin Hart would be good. Um, Mm -hmm. like, uh, who else is creating stuff right now? Um, yeah, Kevin uh, stay. Oh, yeah, Kevin Kevin Carr would probably be good. Um, eh. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of. I'm oh, kind of like tired Lena Waithe. I see him waiting. Lena Waithe or somebody like that. <laughs> that. Yeah, that'd be pretty fire. Totally. I think you should be able to pick your like the person who's getting canceled. Yeah, you can represent yourself, I guess. But you would be wise to pick a third party, like pick Damon Wayans and have him represent you, Chrissy Teigen, for like trying to cancel or tell a little 16 year old victim of a pedophile groomer, right. you know, to kill herself. Pick someone to represent you. Yeah, if, if probably pick like a, a feminist of color if you want to like really not like screw up that one. <laughs> For real. For, it would be such an interesting fucking show. If you're listening to this, HBO, Bravo, BET, VH1, UPN. MPN, <laughs> uh, For real. I'll be on UPN. <laughs> Y'all, pick this, get this shit. Uh, on that note I'm gonna bring that new pin just listen to the show (laughs) I love that network but I'm sorry I know we gotta move on no no worries at all I was gonna ask if there are any any um any little last minute stuff that you wanted to uh throw in before we move on to our WPQ welcome to stupid white people questions you mean I'm gonna stay this color Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, one and all. Oh, <laughs> uh, how's it going, guys? I, I, I feel like we just talked for two and a half hours about well, you, like a lot of good kind, shit. Kind so. of did, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is, this question may lead into another two and a half Ooh, hours. I don't know if I have that so, in me right so, now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so on the TikTok, uh, I, I got uh, I keep getting questions, some good ones. Uh, this one is from Asia Alana A Y L A N A on TikTok, uh, and I think this is kind of for all of us, including me. Um, what is the fear that non-threatening black people give white people that armed and threatening white people don't? Girl, tell me about it. I, well, I mean, media like they're black. Media has has portrayed black people for so long in a certain light that it's ingrained in both black and white people's minds when they see a, a black person. Whereas with a white person, media has betrayed them as the good guys for so long that they see themselves as the good guys and all of the other white people see them as the good guys. So when they have a gun, they're like, oh, cool, whatever. That's a good guy. <laughs> patriots. When you're white and you have a gun, you're patriots and you're doing it because it's your God-given right and, and, right. and blah, 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 in this country. But when black people do it, we must be doing something that's, you know, that's, right. that's, that's wrong or, you know, we're doing something that's criminal. Um, but you know that that look at it. Black means bad. White means good. Black I mean, look. hat, white hat. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy movie. Black Friday. But, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, things like that for me anymore. Them. Don't. I mean, they don't. They're not like that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, over time, I've become less and less trustworthy of white folks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so. if you had asked me that question 15 years ago, I probably could have said exactly what gave me that impression in the first place at this point like that has 
flipped so much in my mind. Like, if you are a black person in America, you can't go to the movie theater. You can't go to church. You can't shop at Walmart. You can't play at a park. You can't enter your own house. You can't play video games in your own house because you are black. For no other fucking reason than that. And yet, <laughs> yet we are the ones that are... What was that? Can't even walk to your dad's house, Trayvon right? Martin. Yeah. There are so many examples of... Sleep in your own bed. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. there's... It's... It, and, and I think it's... Uh, there is the... The... The gun culture, I think, that a lot of... That there are a lot of white folks who are the... And it's it's getting into that culture piece of it where it's, you know, the... There's so many that are of the the hard right <laughs> that uh, are very white, of course, uh, and want to you know load up on guns because they think they're going to fight the government somehow <laughs> because they don't understand how M1 Abrams tanks, drones, and artillery work. Um, and it, it and it, I don't know why people wouldn't be more threatened of. I mean, there's there's a hell of a lot more of us. You know, so you should, I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. You should be more threatened. If you're going to be threatened of anybody that's a race in this country, it should be white folks. So, but yeah, I will, I will answer this from the, from the white, the, the, the average white guy side <laughs> of what happens. And it's because that's what we're taught. You know, I, I, I know from a young age that that's what I was taught, you know, and especially being from the South. I mean, it's it, not that it's not that it's not up here, of course, uh, but a lot of people told me that yeah. it was not up here when I was growing up. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just more subversive up here. Uh, it's not as, I mean, down in the South, Ooh, they've got it good. You, I mean, if you will, you're looking for that good racism. Yeah. <laughs> There you, you know go. that that non-covert racism, <laughs> the in-your-face. I wear oh, a swastika tattoo they, on my they, neck. Racism. They've that's got, what you got they've got that thing lined up. Forehead just, all the way oh, down your butt. It, mm-hmm. I mean that that's the. I mean that's on the top of the menu right there. Right. So I mean, but yeah, it, not that because I, I actually there's a fellow I walked watched on uh, TikTok the other day who was driving through a sundown town in New York. So it, it, yeah, they're still around, but but I know in the south. We, we were taught, you know, this, you know, and the town that I grew up in after moving from Fort Worth to the little town of Leonard, that here in this town square, this is where they used to lynch the N-words and all that kind of stuff. So, and, you know, when you're young, you're thinking, well, the only reason that must be is because they're bad people, right? So. Of the people I know personally, I would say like. Most of the ones that I'm still friends with on Facebook that I've known for longer than, say, a couple of years, mm. they have all gone through that in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. I have gone through that in the last 10, 15 years. I am still shaking off so much internalized racism that I catch myself constantly. Like, this is not just you growing up in a shitty environment with a hyper-religious, like, overly, mm-hmm. you know, proper appearing everything needs to be you know whatever like that's that's the shit you came from and you worked through that and you moved beyond it yeah um yeah it's that's the thing to be proud of oh yeah it is i am very glad that i've gotten out of that and that 
I am uh, <laughs> I am violently <laughs> pro black. <laughs> I mean, we no, know. <laughs> oh no! Well, yeah, no. actually, you, you're on Twitter with him. You do know, because <laughs> I, I, yeah, I will in a good way. Yes. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, because yeah. I, because that's, I mean, I, because I, I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I mean, I've talked about. I don't know if I've talked about being Dexter on here. But <laughs> <laughs> I, Fuck. but I mean, there are so many things. <laughs> That I would I would go totally Dexter for, and yeah, that's I mean, I, yeah, his anger is vast <laughs> and directed at it's, uh, it's, certain individuals. It's, it's in a power. righteous anger. It's a righteous anger <laughs> that you know we're all really really lucky that he has a moral compass and that I am not uh, uh, considered terminal because <laughs> <laughs> some motherfucker's gonna disappear. So. <laughs> This is that that whole part right there is probably only going to be available to Patreon patrons. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it in there. All people be scared. <laughs> All right, fine. All right. I'll give y'all. Um, I know I'm always on here doing these long monologue rants, but <laughs> this is what I was raised being told. Which you're probably like, oh, that makes a lot of sense about her. But like, and I'm sure this is not exclusively from my mom, but she always taught us this in relation to like the hatred and the racism and the fear and the aggression. Uh, My mom is from Backwoods, Alabama. She was born in 1951. She picked cotton, strawberries, you know, kind of lived in a sheer cropping situation in the 50s. She told me she worked in a sweatshop. Like, so she really kind of lived sort of through like a lot of the former civil rights shit. And what she told me is that this this dynamic is all about fear and a fear of that power dynamic shifting that if black people or minorities get power in America, white people fear that we will treat them the way they treated us mm-hmm. for centuries that we're going to somehow be like, "Oh, it's our time. It's our payback. It's our turn to enslave you and rape you and sell your children and, you know, just some kind get some kind of racism." And it reminds me uh, not racism, reverse revenge or whatever. It reminds me of how we started out this episode. I don't know if it was when we were doing pre-recording or during the actual episode where you guys were talking about like um, why people are so fearful of these Confederate statues coming down. Yeah. Um, it's all about like, there is a system of, and maybe system's not the word, covert racism is the invisible prison bars that exist all throughout our country. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to know your place as a minority or a black person, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not spoken. So these statues need to stand because they are a representation of the fact that this is a country built on racism. They are proud of that. Like they can act like they don't want, they don't want kids in school to feel bad about it because they should feel proud Mm -hmm. that they are the beneficiaries of this system in this country. You have an advantage. Come on guys. Like that's kind of the vibe. It's like, I always say it's that when you're jumping up and down in the room, we cannot speak these things directly, but this is what this country is. So if we start taking apart the bars, quote unquote, the racist statues, abolishing the police, a racist Institute, we can't do this stuff that like even florida just banned critical race theory from even being able to be like spoken about in schools and stuff which by the way is not taught in schools it's taught in law school like what they want is not to talk about race (laughs) but crt is not available in any k-12 through school in this country wow yeah it is not a curriculum that is 
geared toward children. It is towards adults in law school. But it's like with guns, right? So that's like Black people with power, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You yep. have a right to yep. carry. Uh, that makes me very nervous. Yep. yep. Do you hate white people for all of the shit that has happened to you in this country? We know a lot of, like, no shade. You know, there are many. Hello, we're here with Dean. There are many wonderful white people in this world. Y'all don't think I'm coming at all you. But a lot of white people do think, like, damn, like, minorities are inherently hateful. Or I've been called an angry black woman plenty in my life. And I am. to say that. How about that? Yeah, exactly. But I do feel like Black people, and I think we've talked about it on this podcast, we are not really concerned with any kind of revenge, y'all. We are on our own grind. We've we've thrived and lived through this shit. We're on the come up. We're just doing our thing. We ain't trying to come at you. I mean, Um, there there are some Black people who want revenge, and I do not uh, begrudge them that feeling. But the majority of us just want to fucking live. Just want to live. Just want the same shit that you guys, like, just And I don't want to be worried all the time. At all. You know, your eyes. There Just are, yeah, there are so many books out there that debunk history, like quote unquote history now. Like, there, if you are willing to learn, the information is out there to teach you and yeah. you can find it pretty easy. You know, all that work you put in trying to debunk uh, uh, vaccines and, and, you know, all of the Q shit that you, f- you can actually find real information from the same thing. That computer can get you accurate information, mm-hmm. not just bullshit. You should actually, like, investigate. <laughs> I mean, we've got more. We've got access to more information now than we have ever had. Right? I and mean, we're the dumbest <laughs> we've ever fucking been. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely not access to information that's been the problem. Absolutely. Well, I think that's the fear, to be honest with you. I, I know, like I said, I know I'm a conspiracy theory in some ways, but I truly believe many people's in the back of their heads when they're bathing alone at night, when they're going to sleep, they think about this shit. They know what's up. It's an intentional ignorance or like, again, I said, we have to pretend these things, these bars of oppression or whatever to keep you where you belong don't exist. Leave them racist statues up. OK, um, but also. On top of that, I only know this because my husband, I mean, it's not like this is a secret. He does a lot of volunteer work for the Democratic Party doing data analysis and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he'll tell me stats sometimes. And I think it's 2046 that black, not black people, minority, white people will be the minority oh, in yeah. the country, su- supposedly. I, yeah. And th- I just, uh, I, I don't remember if it was on Twitter. I don't remember if it was on Twitter or Facebook, but I actually just posted something today that the language really needs to start changing because every news article I keep hearing talks about how it's going to be a minority majority someday. And that doesn't fucking work. We're only the minority because you make us the minority. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can't turn minority. Yeah. 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 Makes no sense. So, yeah. But anyway, sorry. But that, but that was, that was, no, the, that was the latest though. episode of United Shades as well. They were, right. Uh, they were talking about that on that on Sunday. Yeah. In terms of minorities, there's more minorities here than white people. White people oh. are already the minority in America overall. It's just when it comes to individual races, they haven't reached the minority yet. But yeah. in terms of actual minorities, white people, Mexican, and all the other white people have already become the minority. Yeah, when our and that's what is so scary to them is the the people in power uh, still don't reflect what the U.S. looks like, Um, but it's starting to like more people of color, more women are are getting into politics, and you know that's why it's become such a fever dream for the the Fox News watchers. You know they 
all they can hear and see is AOC and Ilhan Omar and, you know, that black woman and that black man and that black woman and that Mexican woman and that uh, whatever. You have other outlets like like YouTube and you have podcasting and you have ways for them not to be in political office, but they're still becoming Mm -hmm. known and they're still having a place in society and they're still being, you know, influential. So you have more than just our traditional media you have all these other aspects and, and, you know, avenues and they're like, oh shit, you know, there, there are other ways for them to become influenced and there's other ways for people to become educated. Mm-hmm. So 1000%, like this, this is all scaring them. You know, the, the statistics that are coming out, the fact that there's more access to the truth and more access to individuals to be able to, you know, to spread the word and do it in a way that's not hateful, mm-hmm. but do it in a way where it's like, come on, let's let, we're coming up. You know what I'm saying? Let's continue to come up. It may be slow, but we're doing what needs to be done. Um, and I think that, that that's, that's also very scary. I mean, and like you said, you look anything over the amount of, um, you know, black individuals that have become um, firearm owners mm-hmm. and have done it legally in the past year, two years, those numbers are, you know, astonishing. So that has to be scary too. And be scared. Y'all should be scared. But not because you think that we're going to like try to come with any race wars or, you know, act revenge. Just be scared because you guys may definitely start experiencing what we've started, what we've been experiencing as far as, you know, um, gaps in education and, you know, inequities in financing and jobs and things like that. You may start to see that because there's going to be more of us that are educated and that are doing what we need to do that are taking those positions. So yeah, be worried about a change of life coming, but don't be worried about the fact that we're going to, you know, act some type of revenge and all get together and then just, you know, throw up arms and then let's get on white people. That's not it at all. That's not it. Yeah. I mean, again, some people want that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I'm for sure. I, I don't, it's, it's that whole thing where I don't condone riots, but I understand them and I will support yeah. your right to do it because yeah. this yep. fucking country yep. does not stand up for you. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. All right. 1,000%. Now, if that does happen, don't get it twisted. I know what side I'm on. Mm, same. So, yeah. maybe be scared, And I know my but... white husband is on my side. So. Oh, damn right. Yeah, right? You know? In fact, he'll probably be standing in front of me with the rifle while I'm screaming probably. at some white... You know? <laughs> <laughs> probably. probably. Who's she screaming He's at? Be holding bang. me back. Who's she screaming at? Bang. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, if Civil War has already broken out, I see you doing that. But... I know you. I know you. <laughs> You know, let the white guy take the fall because I'm going to do less time than you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you would probably survive. Let me, use, let me use my whereas... privilege to, for, to 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 start some shit. So, right. <laughs> hey, hey you know you. what, guys? I love you all so much, and you too, do. So, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I mean, there's nobody else I'd love to spend three hours with on my Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, that is today. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, the time yeah, I was like, we really just almost hit three hours, guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. By the time uh, those credits roll. Oh, wow. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it was actually after 10. Until Gotta go I looked take at my that phone. edible. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, guys, as always, it is amazing to hang out with you. I love it so much. Um. Yeah. Anybody have anything that's coming up that they want to plug uh, after ha- happening next week or anything? 
Mm-hmm. MJ's going to be on Podscure. Oh, MJ's going to be on Podscure. Yes, yes, yes. Next week. And then Minaj with Mary Jane Maven is back for the second half of the season. Fuck yeah. Um, starting tomorrow. And um, I will be camping in again this weekend. So as of next Tuesday, if I'm like, uh, or Monday, you guys know why. I'm going to be celebrating the 20th. The big yeah. 2-0. Awesome. Um, but other than that, merch is coming soon. I finally have, you know, whittled it down to what the exact menage with the Mary Jane Maven or the Mary Jane Maven merch is going to be. So that's coming soon. Um, other than that, cool. you know where I'll be, where I always am. All right, everybody. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Don't take this the wrong way, but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey, thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next time for The Story of Catcher Freeman. Want to know where to find us on social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE3-UNDO. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is good times by Audio Binger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and